Hello and welcome to another episode of Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. My name is Patrick and with me as always are my co-hosts, Glenn Miller and Kevin Bryant. Happy Advent. Happy Advent. Yay. We are here. What do you say? Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. What is Advent? Nobody says anything about it. Have an advantageous Advent. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people don't even know it happens. I know. know, Have an adventurous Advent. It's a church thing. Have a prepping good time. (laughs) (laughs) Advent's beginning of the church year and the preparation for the coming of Christ. The arrival. The arrival and the second coming. Really, it's more about the second coming than it is the... Is Jesus considered an extraterrestrial? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about the arrival oh. movie with the aliens coming oh, down, yeah. and then it's like Jesus. You know, it's like no, <laughs> is he a, is he an alien? So he came from <laughs> off Earth. I mean, technically, I don't know. <laughs> there would be some denominations and some religions that would say we all are. That's true. He's so. a dimensional traveler. Yeah. Sorry, I, I derailed us real quick. <laughs> yeah, you did. did. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, I, that's you, my specialty. You need to have a more advantageous advent. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> yeah, what do you, I mean, we need to, that's going to be my goal this year is to come up with a greeting for advent. A, a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to um, spend some time with a friend of mine who's an author Missy Buchanan, and she was at a church we were in in Rockwall at First Methodist there. She well, she still goes to church there. And um, she did the memoirs for Robin Roberts' mom. Mm. Yeah. And it's been very public on, Robin talks about, still, not long ago, was talking about her mom and and Missy, who did that writing for them. And um, Yeah, she was on Good Morning America and yeah, everything. Yeah, it's really, really neat. And she she writes about aging and elderly and and stuff and uh, really really talented uh, wonderful person and very active on twitter i don't know if she has a blue check mark or not mm. it's only eight dollars a month now eight dollars a month now so <laughs> actually i think they better. i think they suspended that service did they <laughs> yeah well, I, I was wondering about that it got a little out of hand real quick yeah the whole twitter sphere all the social media stuff's kind of in a in a world of flux right now patrick's yeah. just been itching to yeah so. You know, we, we don't have to dive in it, into it too deep. I don't want to derail us for a second time within yeah. three minutes. But Let's just say it boils down to social media is dead. Yeah. Well, or it's, it, on this, it's, it's, it's changing at least. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be too sad if it uh, was dying because I don't know that it's the healthiest thing for people's mm. psyches. But, you know, it's uh, interesting. There's a lot to talk about adventure. There. Yeah, there is. So maybe we'll dive into that sometime in the near future. But, um, so we're going to have Missy on. Uh, she's from Rockwall, Texas, and uh, we caught her before she's getting ready to go to California to spend some time with family. And so um, let's go ahead and dive in and invite Missy into the podcast room via FaceTime. Yeah, let's do it. Today we have with us Missy Buchanan, and Missy is a friend of mine from Rockwall, Texas, and I was blessed and honored to be able to be the youth minister at Rockwall for her daughters and with her family, and she's just a a really dear friend that we've had for a long time. She's also a popular conference and retreat leader and speaker on topics of aging and faith. She has a keen sense of humor, which is true, and a storytelling skill. She engages audiences of all ages to think about growing older 
and her presentations are non-denominational and include aging faithfully in a fast-changing world and Lean on Me, which is bringing generations together to journey through aging. And a lot of people may have known Missy from ABC, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they've seen you with Robin Roberts because you did a book about her mom. Is that right? It was her mom's memoir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was cool. What a lot of people don't know is I remember you most, not as an author, But we're having the holidays here, and you and your friends would do wonderful arrangements on the altar and things at our church. And that always just added so much to the worship time. And so you were a very talented person anyways. Uh, Now you're an author. (laughs) I just took that creativity and redirected it for a while. (laughs) That was a great time being worship chair and and getting to try new things and bringing a new vision to worship. So thank you for that. Well, it was an honor to be a part of your life and your church for a while. Because of social media, we've been able to remain friends. And I spent some time with your daughters. A lot of people here know um, Lake Junaluska. And your daughter, Beth, was over at Lake Junaluska for a while. And uh, we went over and spent some time with her a couple of years ago, or it's been four or five years ago now. And so um, just a great connection with the Buchanan family. So uh, we're glad you're here. But we're coming today, Missy, to talk about the holidays and how we celebrate those well with people that are aging, that are in our families and amongst us. You know, they're in our midst. I mean, just real super generic question, (laughs) but what are some great things that we need to think about as families, as individuals, and importantly, as the church, whenever it comes to the holidays and remembering the elderly, the older folks that are in our midst? You know, I think probably the most important thing I can think of is that most older adults don't want to be spectators. They want to be participants, Mm. whether it's worship or if it's gathering together as a family at home and whatever, um, we tend to think because they can't do what they once did, that they're no longer able to do anything. And that's not true at all. I mean, whether it's something as simple as asking a grandmother to write the Thanksgiving or Christmas blessing, you know, and sharing that around the table or um, in worship, you know, there, there are those who are really wonderful artists. If we thought about inviting them create the artwork that we use in our our worship bulletins or on the screens or things like that. So, you know, we need to look for ways that they can participate and not just be spectators. They want to be included. And that as we include them, it gives them a sense of purpose. Mm. And a dwindling sense of purpose is really a terrible thing for someone who's aging. If they feel like they no longer have a reason to live, then they tend to go to that recliner and stay there. Mm. And so in spite of or you know whatever limitations that they have, there are always things if we'll just think creatively, you know, what can we do to include them? So I think that's huge. One of the things that I've done that I have absolutely loved with residents at Assisted Living Center is that we had an all-senior adult living nativity scene. Oh. And church members came through and they were the ones who we had as helpers, the stagehands, they dressed in black. We borrowed the costumes from church and pinned them and did whatever we needed to do to make them safe because they were either in wheelchairs or they were using walkers or canes. <laughs> Our Mary was 92 years old <laughs> and she absolutely cried when I asked her if she would be married. 
Mm. And she said, no one ever asked me to be married before. And we had a, you know, we had someone read the scripture, so they didn't have to memorize or anything. You know, they just moved into their place at the appropriate time. And we'd invited family and friends, and it was packed. Mm. And there was not a dry eye in the house. Oh, wow. We ended in Christmas carols and, you know, just gathering around and being together. And that is just, to me, that's the most critical thing, is trying to think of ways that they can be included and not feel like a fifth wheel. Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess that does happen often, you know, Kevin, that you tend to think about, you know, it does happen, I think, and it kind of is frustrating even to us that we even have the thoughts that as we get older, the older folks around us then do kind of become... You know, I got to go get grandma and bring her in. And, you know, that's, that's frustrating. Right. Well, and nobody wants to do that. I'm almost 50 and I have started feeling some things of, wow, this body doesn't work like it used to. Um, and, and if, to the club. <laughs> I know. Well, it's been that way for a while. I've just finally started to admit it. But as it gets more so that way, I, I would totally understand that there'd be this feeling of, well, what can I really do if I've been an active person mm. for most of my life, gotten out and done things and gone places? And many of my family are at the point where they're just not sure they feel like driving and being comfortable in that spot. And so it's a whole bunch of changes there to now relying on others and other things. And I'm sure it's really, really hard. So one of the things what we've tried to do is trying to include them with our kids so that, you know, there's contact with younger people, which is always, I think, fun in many ways, helps you feel young, but trying to challenge ourselves to figure out how, if you have grandparents Mm -hmm. close to you, that's a resource that many people don't have if their parents or grandparents live so far away. Yeah. But one thing we've wanted to do is really to try and develop that relationship and provide opportunity where they can tell some of their stories, mm. share some of their wisdom, so that there's more of a relationship there. And it's not easy yeah. <laughs> by any means. Especially many kids, if they haven't grown up directly with their grandparents, that relationship is somewhat strained. It's like, well, what do I do? She's really old or he can't hear me very well and it's awkward. But really, really soon after the connections are made, I think they're just enthralled by the stories that they can tell and the life experience they can share. So that's something that I think is huge resource. We just don't do a great job tapping into. Yeah. Well, you said the magic word when you said stories, because stories connect us in ways that nothing else does. Mm. Stories have a way of breaking down barriers and building bridges between those generations. At Christmas time, there's so many opportunities to do that. You know, just think about what are objects that you have that might have belonged to the older generation. So Mm. say, say, Glenn, maybe it was a grandfather who you had his old tackle box. Yeah, yeah. Well, on your Christmas table this year, put that tackle box, fill it with greenery and, and berries and whatever, you know, just make it festive. But somehow it's another to incorporate things that belong to them. Uh, you know, a tabletop tree with their fishing lures or yeah. grandmother's basket, anything. You know, it shows honor to them and it also will spark curiosity amongst the kids. Oh yeah. Um, I call these touchstones. You know, when because mm. we all have objects that are that have they hold special meaning to us, and they probably are not valuable in terms of money, but they're very valuable to us in the stories they tell. 
And I have a little bell that had belonged to my grandmother when I was a little girl. My grandparents lived with us. When I was a little girl, I had earaches. My grandmother would give me that bell to ring because she would stay with me during the day. She'd say, now ring it when you need something. And, of course, I, I'm sure I rang it to say I need ice cream. I don't. <laughs> but then as my grandmother aged, we gave her the bell oh. so she could ring it when she needed something. So that bell to me, not only is it symbolic of my love for my grandmother, it's also symbolic of that circle of life that yeah. we live. So it's, it's sometimes it's a matter of just thinking through things that you have. How could I bring them out and use them on the table that would be a surprise, you know, to that older person? I remember using my my mother's, which had initially belonged to my grandmother. She had the green depression glass, little sherbet glasses. Mm. And I filled them with strawberries, oh, strawberries, with cranberries, and then put a little tea light in them and put them on the table. And it was so simple. But when mother came in and saw those, she was like, oh, you know, and then it's a story for her to share with the grandkids. So, you know, part of it is just looking around and thinking, how could you utilize the old photographs that you have? When you're sitting at the table, what are questions? And let me insert that here. And you hit upon that while ago, that it's hard sometimes for older adults to hear in an environment yeah. when there are lots of kids, lots of activity, and that's understandable. Yeah. But we need to help our younger ones understand that there could be a time that we say, okay, we need everybody to calm down, whether it's, you know, as we're finishing dinner, we're going to have dessert or whatever, and almost signal that this is going to be our time to share stories. Mm. And then to ask that older adult, you know, tell us about your favorite Christmas memory, or what was your favorite Christmas smell, or what gift did you get that you thought was funny, or just anything like that. But start with that older adult and let them share at the table where they have everyone's attention. And the other thing is not only is hearing an issue, and then we need to be careful about that. If you're bringing older adults to your home, you need to invite them to choose the chair that they want to sit in. Um, yeah. Because they need chairs usually that have armrests or some are more comfortable in a recliner, some are not if it's too low. You know, just before everybody else is seated, say, we want you to pick out where you would like to sit yeah. and, and let them do that. And then, you know, just keep in mind that they could be colder, have wraps nearby, and also that a full day of that kind of activity can be too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To the point that they may say they don't even want to come because yeah. they I can't do that, you know, and say, how long would you like to stay? You know, would you like to be here for two hours? We're going to be here for dinner and not be gifts and then leave. And so just work it that way the best that you can or offer a back room and say you can go lay down when you're tired and things like that. So yeah. just being cognizant of what their issues are. Yeah. There's a retirement center right across the street from the church. It's called Wesley Jackson Highlands. And a few years ago, we took the youth over there and we spent some time with, you know, all the normal things that you do, seeing and stuff. But one of the things we did is we had the youth to, uh, listen to the stories from mm -hmm. the elder adults tell what they did when they were kids. And of course, the kids then got, well, you didn't have phones. You didn't have, you know, you, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Exactly. And they were really blown away. And it was almost like, living history right to the kids anyways because they were like whoa what in the world <laughs> so when they hear that their big christmas present was was having oranges in their stocking and right. whatever yeah. you know 
Now we're like, what? You know, that seems so odd. So, yeah, the more that we can invite those stories and let the kids hear them, that's just hugely important. I mean, it's even better if you can write them. You know, oh, yeah. but at least to tell them around the table is a good start. And another thing I think for, I know it's been really important in our family with my daughters is anytime my dad or some of them are around, they will tend to help them with their phones. Mm-hmm. You know, so technology has kind of become a, a bonding thing. So they will answer questions and help them set their phones up where it's not maybe as complicated for them to do and stuff like that. So technology is a bonding thing because I know a lot of here at the church, a lot of older people, I mean, they're the ones that are texting and, you know, they group me with pickleball and all that stuff, (laughs) you know, so those are things. So sometimes maybe the younger folks can help the other older ones with their technology and stuff like that. It's like one of the things I love to do when I go visit people that are in assisted living or nursing homes or any kind of senior care is I'll ask them, I say, can you remember what your first address was? Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, if it's a physical address. And then you, you do the 360 view on Google Maps, and they're just blown away. Oh, and yeah. Just, oh, oh, my goodness. That was the window I crawled out of. Or, you, know, <laughs> you know, you get all kinds of stories. But to show them ways that technology can be really, really useful and really fun. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And they love having someone to come sit with them and show them. In fact, I will tell the adult children, I said, it's one thing to give your parents technology for Christmas. I mean, that could be a good thing. Some of them really don't want it. But, (laughs) for those But when you give them the gift, also give them the gift of your time, Mm. not just that you're going to show them one time and then leave, but that you're going to show them over a period of time. They don't have to worry about that, that you're going to be there to show them. That is the biggest concern they'll say about, you know, my kids just gave this to me and then they show me how one time and then they're gone and they get very frustrated by that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the grandkids can come along too and show them how to use that, that's really, really wonderful. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, Kevin mentioned, and I'm a little bit older than him. We're we're all getting older over here, except for Patrick. <laughs> Speak he's, for yourself. He's a whippersnapper. So I have to tell y'all, but everybody's aging. Everybody's <laughs> an is one thing we can't avoid, right? Oh, yeah. It beats the alternative. Uh, so, uh, but as we get older, and as you know, there's so much sickness and things like that, and sometimes we feel like you know maybe getting out and with our friends and stuff just maybe isn't quite worth it anymore. Um, how do we beat the holiday blues, the loneliness? that comes along with these new days that we live in the post-COVID thing, but now it's RSV and that can be just as dangerous for older as it can be for the youngsters. And so I'm looking at your book here, Living with Purpose in a Worn Out Body. When our bodies are wearing out, what are some things we can do for ourselves and for our friends that kind of help beat some of these holiday blues that do tend to come along so readily this time of year? Certainly, certainly. Well, um, one of the things that we've done at our church, and this came about after one of the oldest old classes, Glenn, you would remember it as the friendship class. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> During COVID, most of them were not on technology at all, and were just lost. I mean, and so many of them had been widowed, were living alone, or, you know, they were just lost. As hard as we all tried to keep in touch and whatever, it was really, really hard. And so they disbanded their Sunday school class. Mm. And um, about this time last year, I came to him and I said, y'all, do you want to come back? And they were like, oh, I don't know. That's the crowd. By then, most of them had, had physically declined even more. 
some that had been driving were no longer driving and all kinds of issues. And the thought of coming back in a crowd was really concerning. And so I looked at them and I said, well, why don't we have Sunday school class on Thursday? Mm. And they were like, well, I never thought about that, you know. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we can have Sunday school class on Thursday. So every other Thursday, we have a meeting of the friendship class. Oh, cool. We have volunteers who drive, pick them up. We have wheelchairs right there at the door. They wheel them down. This was interesting. They wanted to meet in their old classroom. Yeah. Mm. They wanted to be on the church campus. Mm. And that was hugely important. But this was a safe way of doing it so that they don't feel rushed. Uh, it's easier to get volunteers to help pick up and whatever. One of the Sunday school classes volunteers to make treats for them that they take home, you know, every other week. And we have a grand time. We sing hymns. We have communion. Oh, for cool. many of them, it's the only time that they've been back in the church wow. since COVID. But say for someone who is homebound, truly homebound, and doesn't get out at all, or you know, maybe is in skilled nursing, you know, one of the things we can do at Christmas time is to, if there's a tree or set of bushes or something like that outside their window where mm. they spend most of their time. And it could be their recliners here and the windows there is to decorate that tree and holiday lights and water, put it on a timer or just let it shine the whole time, you know? Yeah. And that just brings such joy. We don't think about it because we just take it for granted. You know, there are things like one group I know was doing 12 days of Christmas. And mm. so instead of doing it after Christmas as it's supposed to be, and yeah. what we moved forward, you know. And so every day someone was delivering a small gift or a loaf of bread, you know, whatever, but something that they had to look forward to and mm. anticipate. So, you know, it kind of depends on what situation is. If people would just think creatively and think, you know, what could we do to be a bright light? As one, one of the people told me, they said, you know, I get tired of fuzzy socks and lotion. <laughs> she said, what I really want is unhurried time. Mm. What I really want is unhurried time, not fuzzy socks and lotion. And that's not to say fuzzy socks and lotion are bad. I'm right. not saying that at all. But, you know, the big scheme of things, what they're really looking for is just someone to come visit. Maybe it's taking tea for two and say, we're going to have uh -huh. a tea party at your house. And you load up the things and you just go and spend an afternoon, you know, having a tea party with someone. So it's, it's a matter of just thinking out of the box and trying to come up with ways that would meet the need of that particular person in whatever situation they're in. But I think one of the things that you said and touched on is really important because I think I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic person, but I have not been in that stage of life. So I don't know exactly what it feels like to be there. Right. And so I love the idea of asking, mm. you know, yeah. ask the question, let whoever it is you're talking with, whether it's a family member or a church member or just someone older that you know, ask him what they want. Ask them how you could be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. I think definitely as I get older, I would love to talk to people about what it's like to get older. Now, Obviously, some of it's not fun to talk about, but that's one of the things that, as I was looking at the book too, about um, living with purpose. yeah, living with purpose book. So I remember my grandmother in her upper eighties. She was a college professor, fantastic woman that I didn't really get to know as well until I was older. Talk about that as you're getting older from an older person's perspective. 
challenging yourself to do new things. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's scary for any of us to do something new. At an older age, I imagine it's even more so, but maybe uh, even a little bit of, well, I'm this age, I can't do anything. But my grandmother learned to do Tai Chi when she was like 88. Yes. Yes. And they, you know, with encouragement, some are more inclined to do that. Others are just need a nudge. Yeah, they just yeah. need someone to nudge them and say, let's give it a try. You right. know, at, I tell them all the time, I said, I want you to be like Elvis. I want you to shake it up. <laughs> try something new every day. Every day, try something new. You know, instead of watching this sitcom, watch a documentary. Instead of yeah. reading a romance novel, read uh, not a biography. Right. You know, just shake it up. But we have to be very, very intentional. And I like what you said, too, about older adults want to be asked. They want you to ask questions. They get irritated when people, particularly their family members, assume that they understand. Uh, They want to be included, particularly if it's about their lives, you know, Mm. and that's understandable. See, one of us, as long as we can, we want to have some type of control over our lives. You know, but there are things, I love the intergenerational aspect of it, as you're talking about, you know, kids that are taking music lessons or if they're just sing. Go have a concert for one. I mean, we did this kind of during COVID and whatever, but go. My grandkids all play the violin and whatever. So whenever they were up here, I would take them to go see my older friends. Well, my older friends were just in awe. I mean, they were so excited, you know. Number one, that they had their own little special concert, you know, to have some youthful faces and interaction and, and things like that. So. You know, it's just, again, thinking about, you know, how can I help my kids? Uh, What stories can we bring together? Uh, One of my favorite questions to ask both older and young is to say, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Mm. Oh, when you ask that of an older adult, you will hear some really raw stories. I remember one of my favorite older friends or whatever, and without missing the beat, she said, bearing my only child. Oh, yeah. 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 And so you get a lot of that. And two, there was a woman that lived where my mother lived in the senior community. And thinking about the touchstones of the things that belonged to her, you know, that she had popped up in her window. And there would be like a gavel and an Eiffel Tower. And you could kind of guess, you know, as to what these were. But one of them was this, for lack of better way to describe it, it was like a black fabric, flat snake, coiled up, okay? So black fabric, coiled up like this. And it was there in the window, and, you know, we passed by it, and I kept thinking, what? What is that? I mean, it obviously meant something to her because it was there. Yeah. And this woman, I very rarely saw because she was on oxygen. She was stooped. She drove a power chair. She would come get her lunch and then take it right back to her apartment. Well, on this particular day, I saw her, and so I went over to her and asked her, I said, could you tell me about that black fabric? And she went from being slumped over like this, and she raised her head. She broke into this big smile. She said, that's my black belt. I was a black belt in karate. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now, here I had known her as the woman who lived in room whatever, as a very frail, older And here she had been a black belt in karate. That opened up a whole different level of conversation. So 
So sometimes, particularly if we meet someone in late life, we forget that they've had a rich life before. So finding we can tap into that is hugely important as well. Wow. And you've helped me a lot because, you know, you start thinking about what can I get somebody for Christmas who has everything? You know, what can we get grandma for something for Christmas when they've got everything? But we give them their time, you know, our time and, and you've given, you know, not just fuzzy socks and something quick and easy. Yeah. You know, that's that's a really good, really good motto for this year's Christmas. Not just fuzzy socks, Patrick. <laughs> lotion. Lotion. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no lotion. Come and sit. Some of my friends at one of their communities, they have like a trivia contest thing every day. And so I would go and be there and together we would try to solve the trivia thing. You know, oh, yeah. came over there. Yeah. So anything that just, you know, one of them said, I don't like feeling like I'm something on someone's to-do list. Uh, yeah. And they can sense the difference when mm-hmm. they feel hurried, rushed, I got to go. Merry Christmas, here's your fuzzy socks emotion, and I'm out the door. Yeah. They would much rather someone not bring fuzzy socks and lotion, but just come and sit and be and just chat and not feel rushed or feel like you're in a hurry to get away from stuff. Yeah. Well, goodness, this has been good. And y'all, Missy has many, many books on missybuchanan.com. And you're very honest in your writing. There, there, oh. there are no, there are no punches pulled, you know. And I just did a wedding for a young couple and, and living with purpose on a worn out body, which is one of your older books. You know, there's a pair of older hands on this book uh, holding the Bible, and and one of the things that you know, you're these young hands will get older one day, and it's just like you said, you know, you're going to have a full life. And what I love about your writing is you're just very, very honest about it, and there's no punches pulled, and there's no. You know, and that's kind of way I think people a lot of times that are older are. I mean, they, they've been there and done that. They know it, you know, so mm-hmm. there's no need to, to pull punches on it. Yeah, they're not going to be fooled. Uh, when I first started writing, I had a group that were kind of my <laughs> test group or whatever, you know. Because <laughs> I told them, I said, I'm not where you are. I'm mm-hmm. catching up. Very soon, I'm not where you are. And I need, I need your input and whatever. And before they even opened the first manuscript, they were like, Whatever you do, don't put on rose-colored glasses and tell us it's all just about our attitude. Yeah. And they, of course it has to do with your attitude, but it also has to do with a lot of other things. Sure. You know, it's a season of life. Most older adults are going to experience aging at a time when it's what I call compounded loss. Mm. So that it's the loss of a husband or you know a spouse, a friend from moving. It could be death. It could be just moving somewhere from chronic illnesses, from loss of home, loss of their belongings, loss of the ability to drive. And all of these just come wham, wham, wham like that. And so it's it's a grief in some ways yeah, because it's yeah. starting to deal with each of those losses amidst other losses. Yeah. And, it, and that can sound like doom and gloom, you know, and I understand that. But it is, it's, I do write very honestly because I think it's, it's not fair to pretend that it's not real. It is very real. But the beauty of it is that God's promises are there and he keeps them and we have hope because of that. And yeah. so um, that's where I come back to each time. Well, Glenn mentioned it and you've written several books and I'd be interested to hear a little bit wh- why. What drove you to this particular topic? Why did you decide that that was sort of your calling to write the first book? I mean, it's taken you to the national stage, like we mentioned at the beginning. 
Robin Roberts' mother and, and spending time with her. And um, so I'd be interested to hear that story. Tell me a story. It all began with <laughs> my own parents. My own parents. As I was a caregiver for them, I had watched my parents be caregivers for their, as I said, my grandparents who lived with us. So I had great role models, and my parents were very proactive in making good decisions and making decisions ahead of time, not waiting until there was a crisis. But as there is usually change over time, or it could be because of the crisis, things change. Things mm-hmm. change. And they began to need me more. And I was the, I have two siblings, but they're both in Austin. And so since I was the one that was closest by, you know, of course, it's going to be me that goes over there. And my schedule would change from going several times a week to every day. Mm. And they were about 15 miles away. And I made the mistake of assuming that their church had been there for them. It was a different church. And what I discovered was when my mother told me, she said, it had been six months since anyone from her church had been to see her Mm. and bring to me. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, I just can't be, you know. Of course, I immediately got on the phone. and was like, because I had made the assumption that their church was there. And it was not. And so I was kind of mad at myself. And at the same time, I'm listening to conversations going on amongst older adults and hearing one ask the other, how you doing today? I'm just here. I'm just here. And I would hear that over and over and over. And I thought, God has called us to be more than just here. Mm. You know, we as the church have dropped the ball on this. And so I began writing really for my own parents, not intending any kind of book or anything. But at the time, in the Methodist Church, Dr. Rick Ginsburg was over the Older Adult Ministry Committee. And he, I thought maybe he could use some of the things that I had written to put on the website or whatever. And He truly was so instrumental in in getting up a room to publish the first one. And then it's just been crazy after that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's not anything I had like planned in whatever, but it's, uh, there's definitely a nudge all along the way because I was realizing that there was a need and it's like, you know, it's not that I'm a great writer, but I think I can listen and I can put pen to that. So that's what I've tried to do. Yeah. And one of the things I like about Northside is that we still spend a lot of energy and effort going to our elderly, our homebound and and things. And I know working with other churches and seeing other churches that that's a a thing churches don't always do any longer. And that's sad. That is frustrating. Well, and we're not preparing, generally speaking, we're not doing a great job of preparing boomers, those boomers that are younger than I am for the journey of aging. You know, we yeah. need to be talking so many. It's always interesting to me that any negative feedback I get on my books typically comes from the adult child, not mm. the aging parent. Yeah. Um, because they're like, oh, that's too depressing. That's too raw. That's too this. That's too that. And I'm saying, have you talked to your parents? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they get it. And so it's, it's always very interesting. And I have to remind myself, you know, not to get, to stay focused because that is my audience. I know who my audience is and they get it. So, yeah. 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 Well, goodness, we could keep talking for ever and ever yeah. and ever, but we, we know you have a trip you want to take to California and see uh, those wonderful grandkids and kids. And so, but we think you've. I, I, 
app to get prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we thank you for joining with us for this time. I know it's a busy season and a busy season for everybody, especially you. And we do thank you for joining us. And and we want to encourage everyone to check out Missy at MissyBuchanan.com. And uh, she's on Upper Room Books. Are all your books still on in Upper Room? They're all all in Upper Room. I mean, Amazon has them, Christian yeah. Book. You can get them lots of places but yes upper room is my publisher so. yep. good friend of ours and so we are glad that you are doing well and getting to spend time with your family and she's challenged us today i think to think about how we how we spend the rest of our holiday season with with all of those around us and so i want to hear from y'all all right well okay. thank you so much <laughs> missy and we look all forward right. to um maybe we can get her in jackson sometime that'd be good you need to come to jackson tennessee I'll do it. I wasn't too long ago that I flew through Jackson. I mean, like, drunk. Well, the good thing is now all the construction is just about done, so you can come quicker now. (laughs) So so thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, getting to spend some time with you somewhere down the road. Okay. Take good care. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Well, I guess I'm going to have to uh, return the uh, fuzzy socks and lotion that I bought for my grandmother. <laughs> uh, I know someone who might like that. No, <laughs> could be me. <laughs> fuzzy socks. It's definitely been cold enough lately for some fuzzy socks. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I love the ideas. Mm-hmm. I love the ideas because you just untap a creative mind like that. <laughs> you know, she has some just great ideas. And you're like, that makes all the sense in the mm-hmm. world. Why don't we do that kind of stuff more? Yeah. Well, for me, I've thought about this quite a bit because I experienced it too. I think part of my hesitation or maybe anxiety as a kid was that I didn't really grow up right next to my grandparents. Mm. They were people that I saw two or three times a year, and I just didn't really have strong relationship ties with them. And so it was just awkward. It's like when you have a, a cousin that lives a long ways away or family members or mm-hmm. something, and then your parents get together, together with them because they know them well. Mm. And the kids are like, I don't really know them. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I don't want to really yeah. be here. It's yeah. uncomfortable. I think you can get past that pretty quickly if you hang in there. And that's what I encourage our kids to do. But I think the main thing to remember here that's come to me in the last several years is to remember that they're people too. Yeah. Just because they're in a different stage of life. And we didn't really talk about it, but many of our older adults have things like Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and dementia and some pretty serious physical problems that do require them to be on oxygen or whatever. And that's really intimidating, I think, if you think about it. How do you interact with them? How do you respect them and and not make them feel awkward or, you know, whatever. But I do think it's important that we remember they're people, they're God's creation too. And what I love that Missy said is they have a wealth of stories to tell. Yeah. So let them tell them. Yeah. You know, and learn from that. One of the things we've said on this podcast before is that we really should pay attention to history. Yeah. Yeah. Because it gives us plenty of uh, hacks and and tricks to not repeat it. Mm -hmm. But they've got tons of history to share, not only from the history that a lot of other people shared with them, the culture, the times, the Great Depression, and why it was a cool thing to get oranges in your stocking and those kinds of things that she mentioned, but 
their own personal relationships with their parents or parts of your genealogy you didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So I always relish that opportunity. And if you can do something like videoing them or, or having the stories be written down, um, my mother and father-in-law recently had a project where they put together tons of their life story stuff and gave that as a gift to the yeah, kids. And that's been fun just to go through, walk through and some of the stuff I knew, but just mm -hmm. to remember those things and learn a lot more. Yeah, I would give all kinds of things right now to hear my grand, especially my grandfathers. Now I still have one grandmother with me. But to hear their voices again. Yeah. To see their writings and stuff is one thing, but if I could hear their voices again, that would be cool. You know, so it is important if you've got those VCR or eight millimeter tapes out there to get them converted to digital. Right. Yeah. Uh, because you need to do that. Or if you have cassette tapes or something, you know, get those out and let your kids hear them. I think Clay would love to hear Papa Clay's voice. Hmm. Maybe not at two, but at four or six or to eight, 10, 15, I think you right. would. And I know I would love to hear it again, you know. So tell those stories, get them on tape. That's a great idea, Kevin. And, um, and we need to all do that. That's a really good idea. And two, if you're not, like you said, near grandparents and, you know, there's folks here at the church who may not be near their kids and right. have them, if they're not getting to travel this year, you know, invite them over for something to do with the holidays or something like that. And, you know, think about not just fuzzy socks and lotion <laughs> for for um, gifts this year and, and just something easy because, you know, if you think it's a money thing or whatever, then time, time doesn't mm -hmm. cost a whole lot. But not being able to spend the time does cost a lot. So, yeah. right. so definitely a great conversation with Missy. So glad that she would take the time to do that with us and uh, a blessing for us all. So, Patrick, uh, I know we got a lot coming up. The World Cup. I'm actually pretty pumped about some World Cup this year. We better do good. Yeah. I'm kind of all fired up <laughs> for some World Cup. <laughs> Ted Lasso's got me fired up for, yeah. some, for some soccer. Believe. <laughs> Believe. Believe, yeah. So <laughs> we can keep going through the schedule, but also people can get on the app. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, pretty much all of it is on the app. Uh, go to the events page. It's on the app and the website, and there's a schedule of all the upcoming events and things happening around church. So and our socials, our socials, and social are, media's always we're got, popping out lots of information on them that mm -hmm. staying pretty current. So you can also go to our missions page to find out what our current mission is. So it's northsidejackson.com/slash/missions. And that's always got the information for what what our mission focus is or yeah. what's happening. And so. Christmas Mission Mart is a, is happening. Christmas Mission and Mart pretty quick. Yeah, December fourth and eleventh. So that's coming up this Sunday. And, and that is cool if you can take to Grandma and say, "Hey, Grandma, I got you a. I fed some little kid in your name. You yeah. Know, oh, my guarantee, my grandmother would love that. Yeah. Versus oh, yeah. fuzzy socks. Talking about what to get somebody that has everything. Yeah, that's exactly. A, that's exactly. a good alternative so, there. So definitely do that. Yeah, and if you maybe somebody sent you this podcast and you're hearing it for the first time or maybe just don't live in Jackson or whatever, you can go to our website, northsidejackson.com. We have services. You can watch them live. Mm -hmm. We actually live stream them on Sundays mm -hmm. and uh, get connected with us that way. And if you're interested, man, we'd love to have you join us in person. It'd be a real honor. Yep. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. Well, thanks for podcasting with me. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com, or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. 
Once again, this is Patrick. This is Glenn. I'm Kevin. And that's what's happening at Northside Now. Bye-bye.